the first fruits, you can do so. Okay? Pastor Lanzian will let you know about that. All of you may, not, uh, I think Alicia may be the only one, and she may still have me present her. I don't know. Oh, you want to present yours? Oh, okay. Never mind. Huh? No, it's your first fruits. It's your presenting. Praise God. Let's give a, a round of applause. A hand as, as uh, Minister Drew would say for our beloved Pastor that don't know, this is our minister, Alfred Walthall. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, before I get started, is there anyone that wanted to present their first fruits this morning? Uh, for the numbers, um, I want to make sure we had a few little glitches, and I think I have to welcome back people on Periscope because the connection was temporarily um, lost. I have a Bible in my bag right there. If you can grab that one for me, please. Um, so is there anyone that's going to be presenting first fruits in this verse? Okay. Can you go ahead and be seated. I apologize. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your magnificence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way that no matter what the adversary tries to do, you always perfect the things that concern us and you bring things into order. I thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Your word says it mounts guard, garrisons our hearts. I thank you for the cloak, the shield, the force of your peace, your goodness, your mercy, your beauty, your holiness. Father, I thank you for the, for the opportunity to be one of your called, that one that got the opportunity and chose to answer you, that by your love, by your spirit, you pursue us. And I thank you that this day, there are there, those that we've prayed for, sometimes not even knowing that we did, and that today is a day that they surrender to your love. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of the miraculous. Today is the day is, is is a day of many days in you. This day, this day. While it is called today, it is a day of change, and it is a day of reckoning, and it is a day of manifestation of the grace and the goodness and the love of God in your heart. Thank you for the spirit of obedience. Thank you for the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Thank you for your joy. Hallelujah. Thank you. You see, there's such an abundance of fruit and abundance of 
spot. Amen. I thank you for the word that you have prepared for us today, Holy Spirit. That we rest in you and settle in you and listen for you. I say that these lips of mine are anointed to speak only what you want to say. That my ears are anointed to hear you, my spirit ears, my soul ears, my physical ears. My eyes are blessed to see spirit, physical, soul, however you want me to see or to hear or to speak or to touch or to reach or any other thing. I settle in the comfort of your word, in your spirit. And I praise you that this is the prayer I said I, but it's a we prayer for every person under yes, the sound yes, of my voice, yes, yes. for every individual that came with distractions, that they must give way to the all-consuming presence of God, that the worries and concerns that seem so insurmountable become as plain. And that the only thing exalted in our thinking and in our being is you and your word and your will and your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. This morning, um, what we're going to talk about is, is probably what's on the... We're going to talk biblical solutions for this life. And as we do that, we're going to do a, a specific, a go into a, a, I would say, a specific direction this morning, following the Spirit of God. So I may have her, uh, Crystal, skip a few of the, the things around and, and so forth. But as you know, we're talking about the culture of the kingdom of God. Everybody knows that, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, we know this. Okay. <laughs> and everybody, uh, if you didn't, I would say, like, have you been here at all? When we talk about the culture of the kingdom, we, we're talking about a lot of different nuances when it comes to a culture. Because we're talking about the ways of thinking, the ways of being, and this is just a short um, definition of that. We're talking about taking on the behaviors and taking on the mindsets, becoming so much a part of it that your identity is connected to it. And in, in that wise, you identify, you're recognized because of the culture. Now, ethnically speaking, some people are obvious and some people are not. You know, you can think that you know because the coloring, the, the, the accent, the this, the that, or the other. But it, it can be surprising. I have, I have some friends or had some coworker friends uh, years ago. The female um, was the one that I knew and she was getting married. And when she told, I don't really recall her husband's name, so I'm, I'm going to speak a different name. I know it's not his name, but that's okay anyway, because that way I'm not talking about them specifically, or I am, but not without their consent. Her, she's very traditional, and 
uh, in her appearance. So you could look at her and say, ah, she looks like she's Japanese. Well, ethnically speaking, her family was Japanese, but she's actually American. And she was marrying a man from another country. That, her husband was from South America. But if you saw him, he looks Japanese. <laughs> he speaks Spanish. Okay, um, I'm going to call him Armando. That's not his real name, but he has a name similar to that. He does not have a Japanese name. His parents, they all look like what you expect a Japanese, a smart, rich, typical, stereotypical Japanese person with the, the glasses, the dark hair, the smile, the, the, the beautiful cultural ways. But his favorite television program was a Spanish novella. He and his roommate, best friend, who they had migrated to the U.S., they liked watching the novellas. And when she first met him, she wondered what was wrong. Now, she's of Japanese origin, he's of Japanese origin, but they were raised in two countries other than Japan. So you could say, oh, I know what your culture is, but you don't. You know what they look like their culture is, like a fig tree that looks like it should have fruit. But it took the getting to know them, the talking, the listening, and then the watching of the way that they did things. It was, it was just really interesting because they had the traditional, up, the, the traditional upbringing within a Spanish, within a South American culture on the one side. She had a traditional, if you will, upbringing within an American culture, but yet, you see, they had the teachings of their, of their, the country of their parents' origins, but they themselves were not what their parents were. That's right. That would have had to be by choice. Are you with me? Yes. So culturally speaking, you can think you know, but you don't know. They can say, people, this is the expression we use, I'm a Christian. Well, as soon as you say that, there, and I heard um, Minister Al say this a little bit earlier, you got so many ideas going on in the head of the people that you said Christian to. Some were ready to shoot you with jelly guns. Some are uh, want to embrace and to get to know you. Some people already have preconceived notions because Christian does not mean the same thing to everyone. But when you say the culture of the kingdom of God, there is only one Hallelujah. settled definition of that. And Jesus Christ himself is the person that established the ways of the kingdom when he came into this earth. So when we say, I'm of the kingdom of God, that means all of the other stuff has to bow yes, it does. to what yes, the culture of the kingdom is yes. or else we're lying. Because we have to embrace in totality. Why? Because when a kingdom comes to take over a colony, a land, something that has been conquered, then all of the, the existing people must be, become citizens of that kingdom. Therefore, they're going to go through a process of Learning how the king thinks, 
learning how the king speaks, learning what the king expects, and doing the same. It's different for us because in the United States and many other countries, we can migrate. We can live wherever we want to. But you know, in the days of, 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 of when, when the, the culture, the kingdom of God was being established in the earth, they didn't always have that liberty. They were under Roman rule. And being under Roman rule, they lived where they were told, not where they decided to go. Within that, you know, they had the traditions, we have to go up to this city to do this, but they couldn't live there. They had to do this, they could do this, they could do this, they could do the other. But if they were assigned, this is the city, this is where you were assigned to live. And that's where they lived. Okay? So absorbing that culture. Now, we see, we, we have that to a certain extent. There are certain cultures, if you will, within, the, within our, even in, in, even in the state of California. There are people in the state of California, the culture of the mindset, the, mind, the cultural mindset that they have means they don't leave the, the outskirts of the town, the very town they grew up in. There are people that have lived in Santa Clara and have never been anywhere else. Lived in Palo Alto, have lived in Los Angeles, lived in different areas, and have never been to another city or you know outside of that, whatever that uh, range is, uh, the, 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 the county. Okay, the county. Okay, so that's as far as they've gone. Some people, I've met a few, they have never ever left Oakland. Okay, they've never left from the time that they first came there. They've been nowhere else. That's uh, you know we think that's crazy. You know they just go to San Francisco or do this or do that. But you understand that if the mind thinks this is my limitation, then they won't go outside of it. There's a lot of scientific tests you can look up and you can do all of that, and you would find that when you train, they trained rats to respond to certain signals. And they would only follow, you know, those signals. This signal said it's time to eat, they go eat. This signal says it's time to do this, they go to, this signal says it's time to do that. And you've seen the same thing in school, the little bells, when this bell rings, you do this. When this bell rings, you do this. When this bell rings. So it's all cultural training, it's being trained to respond to sounds or to directions and that let your behavior be according to that. You see a green light, you and you're driving, you do what? Uh, I mean, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus! That's what I want my driving <laughs> You see a green light, everybody, you, you do what? You go. No. go. And if you see an amber light, you do one of two things. You go. Oh, you either go, or you, you slow, or you go, or you or you speed. Oh, you speed. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you see. When you see a red light, That's when you stop. For me, when I see a green light, I stay still to see who was looking at the amber light to see what they're doing before I decide to, 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 to move forward because there are some that like to speed and T-bones, I only like to stay. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, but we just talked about cult, just the words culture, but of the kingdom of God, that's what we talk about here. And so that in and of itself is going to sometimes cause our message to be offensive to those that are listening or to those, even those that come through our doors. Why? Because when we talk about the culture of kingdom, we exalt that. The culture of the kingdom of God, we exalt that culture above everything else. 
And that includes ethnicities. It includes uh, uh, nationalism. It, it includes every other end. And here's where the invasion happens. It affects the culture of your life. And it affects the way that you currently live in your own household. That's right. And when the kingdom of God comes, and he said it's like a yeast, it's like something that spreads. And so it can cause havoc in your own home. It causes havoc in your own body. Yes. It causes havoc, if you think about it, when you are going through a cultural change. Okay. And you're fighting it, which is what happens in our minds. The Bible says, by his stripes, you were healed. And we say, sure, but I'm sick. Or he's, but, but it's like but culturally, kingdom-wise, sickness is not allowed. In the culture of the kingdom of God, sickness and disease and poverty and lack and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and judgments and all of these things are illegal. And some would say, but I've got a problem with that. And we would say, yes, you do have a problem. But when you embrace the culture of the kingdom of God and begin to see why is it illegal? Why is it that we're not, that sickness is not a part, that, that all of these different things that I have grown up used to expecting, accepting, coping with. All of these things that the message of the kingdom of God says, but we want you to use your power and authority to no longer cope with it, accept it, live with it, Tolerate it, be subject to it, be ruled by it, be led by it, be imprisoned by it. But instead, we want you to take it captive and oust it from the domain. Yes. Because king, the king's dominion, the king's domain, that's kingdom, the king's dominion, the king's domain. So when we talk about the culture of the kingdom of God, this is the only culture that we can speak of that also embraces and, and focuses, if you will, emphasizes the power of a changed life. Not the same life That's right. in a That's different right. place, That's but right. a changed life. That's this right. is what the kingdom does. It changes your life for good for the goodness of the king. So that's what you have in mind when we look at the power of a change, well, you know, the power of a changed life or um, the kingdom. Now, before I get into more of that, I also believe, you know, the Bible says in everything we give thanks. So uh, last week was pastor or uh, clergy appreciation day. And on behalf of Dr. Baker and myself, we want to say thank you. And we wanted to show you what was in the bags. So the, the multicolored purple one was mine, is mine. And then the other right here 
is hers. And what these are are these gorgeous bookends. So, I wanted to say that. See, mine is in my kitchen. And mine is in my living room. <laughs> when you first walk in the door. So, um, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was our message. Now we're going to go on to talk about Victoria's Kingdom of Living. All right? So uh, you be able, this will affect even the notebooks that we carried last week and the assignment that we got uh, at the end of the second session of Biblical Solutions for Life to what are you thinking and to write that down. There is homework at the end of this particular um, slideshow, but we're not going to get to it for the next few weeks. So I'm gonna, you're gonna see these slides uh, a few times and we're gonna work our way through them. In fact, today we have a few of them out of order because what I wanna talk about, and this is key, we said the culture of the kingdom, correct? Yeah. All right, so there's a definition for that and that if you're gonna be successful in the kingdom of God, it's gonna call for total immersion into the kingdom life and the culture. That's right. That's it. You can't do it any other way. Understand, a compromise wants to seep in. Um, some of you may have experienced a thing where you don't have a seal properly on a door, and things can seep in. If if the insulation is not correct, things can seep in. If there's a hole um, in, in the in a foundation or a rot or corrosion can creep in, can seep in. And so what what happens? is that those, all of those areas of the world, of the secular, of the belief systems of old that still try to work within us, it, 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 it's a disruption. And the only way to eliminate it is to be totally immersed into the kingdom. Yes, that is definitely the word of God because that is the kingdom constitution. But when I say immerse, you see that the image of the young man under the water, because there's no part of his body that's not wet. There is no part of his physical being in that that is not touched or covered, if you will, by the water. You understand that? He is so much in it. There's no chance whatsoever that when he comes out that there's a part of him, of his clothing, of his shoes, of his socks, of anything that's going to be dropped. He has been touched in every place by that water. And that is what immersion into the kingdom of God is about. It is having everything you think, everything you feel, everything we touch, everything that touches us, everything being immersed, being touched by, this, by, by, by the kingdom, by the message, by the beliefs, by the cultural behaviors. So that everything about us is different from what we were used to being without God. This can cause an issue for people. Because it sounds good to some. Sounds like okay, I can I can um I can I can deal with that. I, I I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, you know. Um, we may say, but then it's challenged. It's challenged. I've, I've heard it said that um, faith begins where the word of God or the will of God is known. 
I've heard that obedience begins where um, the place where you disagree. Uh, and God has said it, but you don't agree with it. It calls for looking at the lawlessness of our lives, of our thinking. You know, let me let me just go ahead and throw the in, uh, the what do you call it? Not the insult, but the offense out there. Don't catch it. Don't catch it. This means that every time that there is a thought like the things we wrote down, discouragement or anger or fear or worry or doubt or unbelief or whatever the top, you know, whatever work in your journal, you were in disobedience if you, if you held on to it. It is not disobedient to, to say the devil threw a thought at you. That's not walking in disobedience. It's catching it and pocketing it. Because then it became something to hold on to. Let me just hold on to this just in case. Let me hold on to the opportunity to let these people know uh, what I think or how I feel, or this uh, yeah, just in case. I mean, you know, I know I asked God to handle it, but if there's an opportunity for me to say something, then I think that I will take that. That's called disobedience and rebellion. Anarchy. Coming on strong. Ouch. <laughs> You're not immersed. Something is dry. That's right. And it can cause a flame, but it's not holy. You understand? This is wow. why is this necessary to say it this way? Because whatever's gonna happen on the second half, you need this for you need this for it. Okay. I have no idea what Dr. Baker's going to talk about in the second half, but I know that this message is necessary since it's absolutely slides out of order. Everything <laughs> different. Total immersion into kingdom life and culture. I would suggest writing that down with a question mark until you can take the question mark off and say it's a commitment. Because the question mark is saying, where am I not immersed? Where am I not um, where am I not immersed in the kingdom life? Where am I not immersed into the kingdom culture? Where am I still black or Mexican or Asian or white or whatever? Where am I still uh, different? Where am I still fighting for my rights? You see, the rights of the, of the natural order of the world. Where am I still jockeying for position and trying to tell, let people know I'm kind of a big deal? You know, where is that? That's on my desk, by the way. I, I'm going to bring it next time. Remind me, please. All right. Total immersion into the kingdom. Where am I not immersed into the kingdom? Because it's going to cause problems with my thinking. It's going to mess up my thinking. You with me? Yep. Okay. I'm messing with your thinking right now. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you, one honest citizen. <laughs> Okay. Is it uncomfortable for you at all? Anyone? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm feeling it. Try standing up deeper, <laughs> telling people the bad things. <laughs> and think, well, I'm just totally immersed. <laughs> well, no, I got some serious dry places because I don't know how to swim. So <laughs> the whole idea of 
ever me looking like that is like that will truly be the act of God. Do you understand? Yes. But I still grasp this concept and this understanding because it's necessary. So we know, let's go into the next one. We said that all things are possible with the right wisdom. But let's look at that expression. All things are possible with the right wisdom. And I know it says God's right wisdom corrects what is wrong. But all things are possible with the right wisdom. It takes a leap, if you will. It takes faith to, to buy into that. Go to Mark chapter 11. I'm simply going to read it out of um, we're going to go a couple of other places as well, but um, in Mark 11 we know that Jesus it says in on verse what is it? Twelve. I talked about the Nixon's fig tree earlier. It says that when they would come from Bethany on the morrow, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not. And Jesus answered, that word answered, responded, spoke to Whatever the question was concerning that tree, whatever question the tree itself um, asked, it might have been saying, oh, did you really think you were going to get something here? It might have been saying, I, I, you know, I don't know what it said. And it, it's not, some days I can come up with things on that, but today that's not the focus. So, But whatever the tree said, he responded. Because it didn't say he just spoke to the tree, but he, he heard or saw whatever degree of listening he did with his eyes, with his ears. His emotions were also engaged. And he answered that tree. And he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter, forever. And his disciples heard. Now, one of the things that Jesus was hearing and I'm sure of this. One of the things that he was hearing is have dominion. He was hearing from Genesis chapter 1, what we call Genesis chapter 1, where he said, let's make them in our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So he heard, I have dominion over this tree. That's what he heard. And why do I know he heard it? Because of what he said. Because he answers the tree. He said, let no, no man eat fruit of you hereafter, forever. In those words, he changed the destiny of the tree. With those words, he asserted dominion, power, and authority over the tree. And he let it be known to the tree. That as majestic as you may be, as tall with all the branches, all the leaves, whatever else it is, the one standing before you, when I speak, I can change your destiny. And that was the message that he was also teaching to those of us that are witnessing what he said. 
He was saying that for all that the tree stood there, for all that the tree had the leaves, for all that the tree was all the different things, and there's a lot of teachers that will teach different aspects of this tree, but I'm just looking at a fig tree, a tree that had leaves on it, a tree that looked like it should have fruit, and it did not. And what he heard is have dominion. And what he said to the tree, in essence, is you are strong and you are, uh, you know, you look great in all these things. But the one standing before you by my words will change. You will change. By my words, what you've been, you will no longer be. Hallelujah. Do you understand? <laughs> he exerted, he exemplified, this is the authority of the culture of the kingdom that I have brought to you. Not just where I came from. You know, if it was just where he came from, then it could be like those old westerns with the Lone Ranger. He came in, he and Tato, and they did this, they did that, and then they rode off. And what did people say? Who was that masked man? <laughs> he was the Lone Ranger. So the Lone Ranger is gone, therefore things can revert back to what they were because he's not here to enforce it. But what Jesus said is, I didn't just come to bring a, a kingdom or to, to exemplify the kingdom. I brought the kingdom. Hallelujah. And when I leave, the kingdom stays. And you are the ones that will carry out this message. So you're going to have to get this. That's what he was telling us. The tree, we look further, and when they came back after Jesus dealt with in the temple and did all his things, and they went back, and in the morning, as they passed the tree again, 24 hours later, the tree was dried up from the roots. Why from the roots? Because it affected the earth. Have dominion over the earth. Where was the tree rooted in? So the dominion he spoke over the tree who got the message in order to change things? The earth did. The earth did. Oh, he said, no man eat from you anymore. Supply, shut off. Wow. There will be no water for this tree. There will be no food for this tree. The culture of the earth was changed with those words. We are to obey the voice of those that speak the same words from the same source of the one that called us into existence. Where did Jesus get those words? From his mind? From his, yeah, they came through his mind, but did he make them up on his own? No. I only do what I saw, see, the Elohim, the creator, the possessor, the giver. I only do what I see my father do. Understand? Whoever he is in that moment, I speak for him. When we speak and pray over, over, last week we spoke in the name of the God of justice. We spoke in the name of the God of mercy. We spoke in the name as we were praying. We spoke for our Father who is in heaven, who 
cannot be limited to one simple fragment of it. He's only this, not this. No, he's everything that he says. We spoke in the name of I am. Yes. You understand? So this is what we're talking about. This is the origins of a kingdom citizen. This here we see with him. So that the, the, the Jesus understood that all things are possible with the right wisdom, because the right wisdom will give you the right words. And it will come from the right heart. And we will have the right understanding. And we cannot get it by earthly experience alone. It doesn't come from the earth because we have dominion over the earth. Now, how are you going to get your wisdom from that which you walk on and that which you have dominion over? Has to be a different source. So, all things are possible with the right wisdom. Really? Yes. All things. All things. All things. How many things are in all? Well, we always, everything all. No. How many things are in your all? What's left out? All things are possible with the right wisdom. So, but in our lives, that's, that's, that's not true. What is impossible to you? Because you want to challenge it, not to come in here and go, oh, well, you know, I just, I'm low and I, and I just, yeah, yeah. I'm just horrible because I don't believe. No, no, no. We know you don't believe, but this is how we begin to believe. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yeah, Baker. Ah. Ah, Got a chance. Got a chance. I like it. We got a chance. Oh, you mean to tell me we're not going to show up on Heaven's Shore with a raggedy t shirt looking like a castaway? Thank you, Jesus, I made it. No, we're not. (laughs) You mean those ugly thoughts you went to bed with thinking I'm just no good and so forth and so on? They're they're actually just a lie. That's right. That's right. Honestly, it's impossible for you to be a zero when you have the the real big deal on the inside. You understand? So, whatever things that you have on your, you know, your thoughts, your, your journal, this, I'm going to add this too. Whatever you wrote down, those thoughts that made, that, that, that promoted impossible, the frustration, the, the way you felt after an encounter with a human that you loved, they didn't act like they loved you in that moment. The, 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 the feeling that you had when you got your bank statement or you looked at your balance and then you looked at what had to be paid. The feeling that you got when you were faced with, will these people decide in my favor or not? The feelings, the <laughs> moments of breathing when you get your medical report or you get your whatever other kind of report. It is your, uh, those uh, things that give people reviews on jobs or, or whatever it is, the feelings that did not really feel very victorious. 
you get on a scale and look in the mirror or try something on or try to buy something or, you know, the, the everyday la, 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 of life. But it didn't seem like anything was possible to change what you want to change in that place. All things are possible. All things are possible, okay? If you can accept that, make that one sentence, all things are possible. This is what the kingdom says. All things are possible. And then comes not the caveat, but the understanding, the underscoring foundation with the right wisdom. Victory is possible with the right wisdom. Overcoming the thoughts coming out of dark places is possible with the right wisdom. The salvation of currently crazy acting folks is possible with the right wisdom. The turnaround of the United States of America is possible with the right wisdom. The removal of corrupt polit uh, politicians and uh, leaders in every kingdom of society is possible with the right wisdom. The release of captives from human trafficking or um, kidnap victims or drug addictions is possible with the right wisdom. The turnover of your finances, going from rags to uh, from, from 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 demonic rags to to kingdom wealth, is possible with the right wisdom. A nation can be turned in a day. Yes. Bible talks about it all the time. The Assyrians of your life, the Philistines of your life, the Goliaths can be taken down with the right wisdom. Now, if you and I don't believe that, it doesn't make it untrue. It's simply the wrong wisdom being applied. It would be the earthly, sensual, devilish wisdom that would tell you that's not true. Or you have to be careful about believing things like that because you don't want to get people too excited. They might start believing that God's going to act for them. And what a disaster that might be, because you know God's not really going to do it. No, I, I don't know that. God's right wisdom corrects what is wrong, because God's wisdom was here first. Adam was not created with the wrong wisdom. He was created with the wisdom of God. Didn't use it, but he had it. I like the quote I have from Dr. Baker. You may have been born wrong, but you weren't created that way. So see, to me, she said it earlier, it means I have a chance. What it started with is not how it has to end. The way that the, the disastrous things happen doesn't mean that they get to have dominion over you once. You see, most of us, it's an awakening. It's like, I actually have dominion. And you're telling people that, but they go, yeah, okay, I, I know I do, but right at this particular moment, I'm not particularly feeling like I'm, you know, a dominant force. Because the feelings are dominant. Wow. See what wow. I mean? Wow. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. So, so you have to, without being flipped, 
or say, say that again because I got a big slide. <laughs> <laughs> I said some people have to awaken. We have to awaken to the understanding that we have dominion. But some would be saying, but I'm not be I know I have it, but I'm not feeling very dominant right now. That's it. I'm not feeling very dominant right now. I want this slide. Okay. And the answer is why? Because your feelings are dominating you. How do I know? Because you just told us I'm not feeling. Whoa. <laughs> or I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so you become overwhelmed. You had to become it because you said it. I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I shall not be overcome. That's it. That's it. That's it. You and I can't leave it just floating there because there's no decision made. And until the decision is made, the change doesn't occur. Hallelujah. We have to say it. We have to say it. I've told you guys, and I, I, I've been, um, I'll be back in the gym after I come back from holiday, um, so next Monday. And my coach, I, I was um, talking to him, so I had some things I did at home. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm known there, and I didn't realize it, that the person that, that uh, my trainer, is not the most personable individual you ever come across. Sometimes he's very abrupt and interesting uh, to be around. And, um, you know, you tell him this hurts, and he says, I don't care. <laughs> I, like him. I like him too. I like him a lot. You go, uh, one woman I remember, we were doing some kind of weird thing, and she said, Do you know how old we are? <laughs> and he said, It doesn't matter. Um, there are certain moves that, you know, physically, my body just said, I have never learned this, so this will be interesting to learn. And so there are things that uh, the first time out, it's pretty bad in terms of how I do it. But see, I have a determination. I'm going to learn this. I will master this. And so what I'll say to him is, I'm going to modify it like this or something, and I'll get away with that two times. The third time, he says, no, now do it. Don't care if it's bad. Don't look, care if you look really out of whatever, it doesn't matter if you only do one, do it. And we're gonna talk about that in just a little bit. But what was my point? My point is, is that there's something about me in the time that I've been going that has, even though the man has never ever called me by my name. Okay, never ever called me by my name. Doesn't matter. Do I, does he know my name? Yeah, because he knows who to bill. So he knows who I am. Okay. When I, when I text him, he knows who to respond to. He knows all that. But he's never ever called me by my name. He, didn't, he barely calls anybody but his girlfriend my name. Okay. But he knows that we have more in us than what we limit ourselves to. Because he watches us. And he watches not just what we do, but how we do it. And one thing they'll see with me is I'm on that floor not feeling. I'm not feeling it at all, okay? So I get myself to the place where I do. You'll see me on that floor 
well, you won't, but I, I can be on that floor, bent over, in the midst of what's supposed to be the 50th push-up or whatever. And I'm praying. And things that I'll say to myself, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, I say that. A lot of times what I say is, I'd like to request some angelic assistance, please, to get me off this floor. I'll say that. And lately I have been saying, I am a warrior. I am not a quitter. I do not have a t-shirt. It's a goal to get it on. Yeah. What is my point? I'm a citizen of the kingdom. That's it. That's I am the important not, part. I am That's not, the important part. I am not. I am not of this world. That's right. Do you understand? So Hallelujah. things like I'm Thank a warrior. I'm not a quitter. I am a kingdom. You understand? These are the things that go on, and it just depends on on what it is. Now, that's in the workout room, but that's everywhere. That's when you're feeling it physically, where the pain is, or the the thing is coming against your eyes, or your hearing, or or your legs, or whatever it is. And you've got to say, you know what? I am an overcomer. I am. A citizen of the kingdom. I do have dominion over this. I will. I will to do this. I will not be defeated by a physical malady. I will not be taken down by a demon spirit. I will not succumb to my thoughts that want to overcome me. I will exercise authority now. It comes from the inside, not the outside. Yes, it does. That lets me know. It does. This immersion is possible. From the beginning, it was not so. That's what it said. Therefore, the things that are seen can be changed with the right word. That's the slide that you should see right now. From the beginning, it was not so. Therefore, the things seen can be changed with the right word words. From the beginning, a fig tree was not supposed to look like it had fruit on it and yet not have it. So this one is taken off the market. You catching it? Yes, yes I am. Yes, I got it. Let's look at something. I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We're, I'm going to kind of go through these a little faster because I, I want to talk about it more probably next week. But it says, from the beginning, God created man in his own image, and God was pleased with the man that he made. Genesis 1, verse 31, and Genesis 2, 7, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And also, man became a living soul. You should be the next slide. Okay? So you with me. God saw everything that he had made. And behold, his, his grade of it was very good. This is God's opinion. Everything he made, very good. So, I don't know about you, but... If I make something, whether I bake it or I write it or I, whatever I do, it's some form of my creativity. And it's 
bad tasting, mediocre in appearance, falling on one side, and it's not supposed to be, giving the appearance of having something that it doesn't have. I don't call that very good, do you? No. Gnarly with the ruined roots, looking like it's going to fall apart at any minute, riddled with sickness and disease, broken down, demon infested. I wouldn't call that very good, would you? No, neither would God. So that tells us that what he created from the beginning that he called very good met his standard. Kingdom standard is how we started. Kingdom standard. Genesis 131. He saw everything he'd made and behold, he saw and looked at it and to his eyes, it was pleasing. Did you know this? That when you were created, when we were created in the in the in the heart of God and in the book that He wrote, that He saw us with absolute approval, stamp of approval, very good kingdom standard. That's your origin. Kingdom standard. Write it down. Kingdom standard. I'm kingdom standard. That's right. That's the creation created in the image of the. King, let us create man in our image and after our likeness, like us. So God is not creating something like him and then going, eh, ain't working for me. Looks just like you. Yeah, I know. Oof. <laughs> We do that. Oh, they look just like your Aunt Bertha. I know. It's got Bertie's nose. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not how God did it. It was just hmm, sad. So sorry. Poor child. You know, he doesn't, it's not there. Kingdom standard. He breathed his breath into me. Sheer perfection. He wouldn't put his breath in something that he was not, was not pleased with. Come on, guys. From the beginning, from the beginning, man was some kind of special and still is to the originator of it. Now, to the devil, no, not so much. Kill it. Kill him. Take him out. Do whatever you got to do. I didn't put this on properly. Forgive me. Okay. Kill them. Do whatever you got to do. Destroy them. It, it'll be all right with us. Okay. Our souls, next slide, mind, will, and emotions were given to us as part of our overall experience and manner of communicating with God. Diane, I need another piece of tape. Our souls prosper and thrive through intimate knowledge with our life source. Now, these are just sentences when you first see them. The human soul longs after divine connection. That's all that is. It's just a bunch of words. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 42. Because when, when we first put stuff up and you just look at it, it's like, okay, I needed to jump off the page at me. I needed to talk to me um, to do all of those kind of things. You can just come on up and put it on. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
for those of you that are watching, we have a technical glitch, and my little piece of tape just, uh, you know, this is Diana Carterway who's going to be hosting um, along with Crystal Kelly. <laughs> Thank you. On Wednesday night, so you'll see her again. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, As the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after you, O God. So our souls, mind, will, and emotions were given to us as part of our overall experience and manner of communicating with God, God put in us from the very beginning a desire for him. Why? Because from the very beginning, he had a desire for us. He still does. He still does. And so we were created to long after him as he longs after us. It wasn't one-sided. I'm going to make man that I want man to desire me, but I don't want to have anything to do with them. Just let them follow me along like little puppies and love me, but I don't love them. That's Satan. Oh God. Do you understand? We were given mind to think, a will to do, and emotions to feel as part of our overall experience in manner of communicating. Well, I know people oh, don't feel. Don't go by your feelings. It's true because of the corruption of them. I understand that. I, I agree with that. No, don't, don't be led by your feelings. But there are places in God yes. where he pulsates, he emanates, he manifests through us, and the feelings are off the chart. Got it? You were made to feel him, but it comes through his words, and it comes through his ways, and it comes through a love, a desire for him that, that is not human in the sense of humanity corrupted, but it is a part of the human experience. You see, we have things in our humanity that he gave us. They've just simply been touched by the wrong wisdom. But when it's cleaned up, it turns you into almost an embarrassing individual to be around because of the freedom of expression. I'm not talking about the acting like you're free. I'm talking about something else because it's not all this over-the-top kind of thing. It's more really of a, a deeply rooted knowledge that this is who I belong to. And nothing is going to shake that. I belong to him and he I don't just belong to him. I'm not a piece of property to him. I'm desired. He wants me. You see, there's a difference when you know you want it. By God. Our souls prosper and they thrive through intimate knowledge of our life source. Now, when he becomes that, do you understand that the whole thing about the financial, the whole thing about the emotional, the whole thing about the physical, you know, it all starts to bow. I can feel things, can you experience certain things in your life? You're feeling something different, and you're going, oh, I, you know, it's like an increase of trust. Why? Because the things that have ruled you are starting to bow at the name of Jesus. You're, when you and I are not concerned about the things that used to get us off fretful, 
they don't know what to do. That's right. I thought I was your all that. That's what poverty, debt, and lack, and sickness is. I thought I was it for you. You know, you talked about me all the time. Everywhere we went, you tell everybody about me. I thought I was your boo forever. <laughs> now you're talking about me and talking to me with disrespect. Because you keep saying, in the name of Jesus. It's true. It's true. The anxiety, because, you know, I've been in relationships, uh, uh, I'm glad I can say it was, um, where I dreaded seeing the person. And I'd have to write things down. Because when they came around, I was going to be intimidated and I would forget what I was going to say. If I had to leave them voicemails, I would write down my speech and rehearse it before I said it. Yeah, that's pretty crushed, you know? My soul wasn't prospering. That's right. You see, I desire above all things. It is my determined purpose for your life that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Well, you're talking about your mind now. Your mind does not prosper when you allow the words of others to continually um, beat at you instead of the words of God that create a defense for you and push that stuff where it belongs, out of your domain. The human soul longs after a divine connection. Again, as the deer is panting after the water, my soul is, is panting after you, and it thirsts for you, for the living God. And, and I, can, I can. See, David couldn't say what we can say. We can appear before him. Um, he, said, he just goes on, and, and it's the emotions of what, what I really wanted to, to look at there was the emotions that this man is expressing. Go into the next one. It says, some try to fill the longing with other things. But all the while, whether we know it or not, regardless of whether we ever believe in, even believe in him, we're designed to seek intimate connection with the creator. So I want to skip down, Crystal. Go down um, to, go down, keep going. Stop at the one that says cultivate. Yeah, okay. So here's what we want to do. We're going to, for these next, we've got about 20, 24 minutes or so. We're going to talk about cultivating the power of a changed life. I'm only going to give you this one thought for today. One thought at a time is what we're saying. And the next slide is going to say, obedience disables the power of insecurity that stems from unbeliefs. We'll look at that some more, but I, I, that's not where we're going to go. Okay, but I want you to look at it. So it says obedience disables, disables. It disables the power. Okay, disables the power of insecurity. Insecurity has power in the lives of many. Insecurity has has roots that that. But but um, just the same way. That Jesus spoke to the earth or spoke to the tree and the earth responded and it couldn't grow. Obedience speaks to the roots of things like insecurity and it disables them from getting any more food. Food is power. Food is a power source, you understand? And so it, it, it disables the power of insecurity 
that stems from wrong beliefs. Why? Because obedience to God includes taking on the way he thinks about the situation. We have had selective obedience, but in any area where you've obeyed him, there's been a, a modicum of victory, but if you want to increase the victory, take on the thought full time. Take on the belief full time. We've done this, you know, here and there kind of obedience. I'm going to obey him because he said it, but you didn't. But, but I didn't change my thinking about it. I just did the action, but I didn't take on the thought. You see, the action is the act of obedience, but the taking on of the thought is the is the understanding or is the power of obedience. Thinking like God thinks will guarantee you behave the way God behaves. That's, right. That's the power of obedience, is thinking like he thinks. Not just doing, well, I give because he says to give. Well, good, but do you give, seeing giving from his perspective? I say what he says to say, but do you say it understanding his intent in what you say? This is why a lot of people are very unhappy, even I'm a Christian. Because you still think like the world, but you try to act like God. We praise you, Holy Spirit. Lindsay, we believe, don't claim to have known none of this. I thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for speaking to us. I take everything that you're saying. I take it. I take it. Ooh, I, I, I worship you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Thank you. Thank you. Glory, Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Oh, on the first from Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So we're talking about game changers. And it says that they think like Jesus. And Jesus thinks like God. Right? Mm -hmm. All the scriptures. First yeah. Actually, this slide I know is on the website, so you can, you can get it. Um, kingdom game changers think like Jesus. Jesus thinks like God. That's why Jesus was able to obey God, because he thought like God. Even to the place of Gethsemane, even to all the places of, of sacrifice, he thought like God. He did not think, he never thought in terms of accolades or recognition from man. He thought like God in the situation. In the situation, he thought like God. Write it down. Write it down. In the situation. You see, all this is fine. I got faith. I can quote Bible scripture. Most people, I think, know more scriptures than I do because I, they know where they are and stuff. I listen to people say, I was like, wow, that's really good. That's in the Bible. I haven't seen that one. You know, that's how I feel. I love the discovery of it. And so I, I don't claim this Bible scholar stuff or any of that because I just say, hello, Google. I've read it, and the Spirit of God brings it to my remembrance, but I don't think he's the least bit, well, I should probably not Google and just sit here like this and let Holy Spirit tell me what to do. Honey, by the time I heard and understood what he was saying, I could have looked at four different scriptures. Sometimes he'll just direct me to the book, and, you know, so I'll read the book. But what I'm saying to you is, when he's raised it up to me, I don't try to get prideful like I know exactly where it is because I don't. I don't. I don't know where everything is in here. But I know, I know, I know enough to recognize when it's him and when it's not. 
You see, because there's a way that God talks that does something to the insides of me. And when it's not him talking, that something happens too. And it's not the same. It's not the same. One wants me to, I want to respond to the love. The other just wants me to respond to the temptation. Temptation is not from God. Temptation, if you never notice it, it always, the first one of the first thoughts that happens with that is the thought that this is forbidden and I probably need to keep it a secret and, and, you know, I don't want everybody to know and this, that's how you know you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> well, if you ever wonder, you know, how do you know? So as soon as you feel like you need to hide it from everybody, yeah, don't do that. Okay, so Jesus seems like God. And what he said, I want to, I want to go down um, past these next three to the one that says, have the mindset that is, because um, we're talking about belief, and um, those are going to this. Have the mindset that is your life-changing power. And so we've seen this before, and I've simply taken what Dr. Baker has brought to us and changed it a little bit, that it's kingdom beliefs and ideologies. Why? Because I'm not concerned about any of the rest of them. I'm going after kingdom. And so why would I talk about the world? I want the kingdom beliefs. Well, the kingdom beliefs can be found right here in this world. Okay, or at least the seed for them. This is what the kingdom believes, that God is all-powerful, that he is unchanging, that his word is supreme, that what he said he meant, that uh, everything that he said uh, comes to pass because he said it, that he watches over, hastens over his own word to bring it to pass. In the beginning, God said, and it is so. From the beginning, we were created in that image. This is what the kingdom believes. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no poverty. There is no lack. There is no scarcity in our minds, in our thinking, or in our lives. And nothing is impossible to us because we have his wisdom, that we walk in his ways, that we speak what he said and expect his results. This is the belief of the kingdom, that there is one king, and it is God, and it was also Jesus and Holy Spirit in one, that the spirit that in the beginning God came, then he sent his son, and then his son sent his spirit, and that he is uh, supreme. These are beliefs of the kingdom, that the impossibilities of man are possible with God. The kingdom believes That the things that we see in the earth are subject to change. They are temporary, but the word that God has spoken is eternal. That the what God said is has more power and precedence than what it is that a doctor says or a banker says or a, a spouse or a child or anybody else says. That the keys to death, hell, and the grave have been captured by Jesus Christ. That the power of his blood and his name and his resurrection resonate in the realms of all realms of the spirit. That nothing is hidden from his sight. That his word is unchanging. That he comes into us and his word is unchanging, but it changes us. That's it. That's it. This is a kingdom belief. All of those are beliefs of the kingdom. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. Jesus Christ has preeminence in all things. All things are by him and through him all things were made. This is a kingdom belief. These things are also are unto us. And he says, and as you press into me, these are the things that cause 
uh, the other stuff in you, the pressures of this world to be pressed out of you. And it releases the power of the kingdom to change circumstances and situations and all of the different things that you face that appear to be so insurmountable that Jesus said, then you can say when you have this belief, have faith, have God's faith and tell the mountain it has to go. And it has to go. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because you're used to Disney, you're telling the mountain to move and the mountain didn't go anywhere. And therefore you say this word does not work because the commitment to stick with this thing and watch what it does for you is not present. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. So the mindset that is your life changing power is the belief that the ideology and all of these different things here comes from a, a commitment to stick with this belief and only this belief. That's it. That's it. See, that's total immersion. I am committed to change everything I think that God does not. I am committed to change everything about me that God says this is that from the beginning it was not so. It doesn't look like it happens. It doesn't feel. It doesn't this. It doesn't that. So get away from the doesn't and get to what does. What he says does work. What he said works. More than your wisdom, which is earthly, sensual, and devilish, when you say, yeah, 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 but that is enough. As soon as you or I try to belittle the word of God to exalt our own thing, we are in sin. Because he said you cast down the arguments, the imaginations, the beliefs, the thought processes, anything that goes against the knowledge of God is not kingdom. Can you see this? Yes. I've got 14 minutes. Can I have one of them? Sure. Okay. Okay. In what you said, turn this way. In what you said, okay, listen to this. Remember in the word of God, he says, if they will do this to a green tree, what will they do to the dry tree? He's saying this, if they will do this, if they will challenge me this way, when I am totally immersed, when I am totally green, when I am totally, everything I do, everything I get comes from God. I do nothing unless I hear, now what are they going to do to you? The dry tree that is not totally immersed in God. How are they going to come against you? Remember when he said this in his word? If they will do this to a green tree... If they will challenge, if they will say I'm crazy, if they will say I'm wrong, if they will say this, then you better watch out as a dry tree. One that is not totally obedient to the word of God. One that does nothing unless he hears his father say it. What are they going to do to you? So you better get this. You better be totally immersed. You better know that when my word speaks, when I speak, that it is so, and don't come off of it. Close your eyes. He says, some of the people, it will
was better that they were blind because they could not judge. They could not see. They could not see. So what he is telling us in this is I, I, I had it all. I did not do anything without my father. And here it is, you. You better close your eyes and get totally immersed. Get immersed in my word. And if my word, and because my word says it, that's what you do. That's what you believe. That's why I said to you, do not look at those things which are seen. But those things which are eternal. And what is eternal and who is eternal except my father. Okay? One minute. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Go to Second Corinthians chapter eight. This is where I'm gonna end up. I gave you the updated uh, slides, Crystal, but I'm not with them, so can you go to the next one? Please, go past those. Well, no, go back, forgive me. All right, these words I want you to write down. We're going to do more with them next week. You have consistency. And write First John 2.24. I think these are slides are also on the site. I, I really don't recall. Next one. Continually. All right. So write that one down. I'm going to see if I can get with the same one with you. And... Uh, 1 Timothy 4, 13 through 16. Next one. Daily. Acts 5, 42. It says daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to preach Jesus. All right. 2 Corinthians. Uh, 8 is where I want to go. But let's, uh, this one. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. There. Okay, this is where we're going to park um, for, the, for a few. It says, have readiness of mind. And Acts 17 and 11 says, those were more noble, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. And that's Acts 17 11. They searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Um, the thing about that is that that word, and I talked about this a little bit, but readiness of mind is a phrase that we want to, we, we have to understand this is the attitude of the mind. We just talked about how you can do an act of obedience but not have the heart, not have the, 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 the take on the thinking, the obedient thinking. Because see, it's not the act of obedience that changes us, it's the, it's the, the, it's the obedience to the thought. What do I mean? It's, it's, the, it's not just the action, but it's the heart. It's the heart. I can obey because I'm told to. You can do what you're told, and all the time you're cussing the person out in your mind. So you did an action, but your heart did not reflect your compliance. 
But the heart, so we can do, this is, this is religion. People who do the so-called right thing all the time. But when they go home, they take off that good, good works coat. And the evil just spills out of them. Because they're not changed. They're, they don't take care of the poor, dirty, raggedy because they're here. But they need to move them out of the city so that we don't have to take care of them anymore. Or something along those lines. Are you catching it? That means that you did a work, but your heart was not in. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But a readiness of mind is a willing mind. The willing, Isaiah said what? The willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. It's not just the obedient and it's not just the willing. But it is the two together that will eat the good. You know why? Because they'll be able to see it. They'll recognize what is good, what is God, and what is not. But the readiness, he said here in Acts 17 again, that the, those in Thessalonica received the word with a readiness of mind. They listened for this word with a willingness to change as soon as they heard what was said. As soon as they saw what he said, they said, that's it. I change. I change. I change. Why? Because this is what he wants. So therefore, this is what we do. Do you understand? Because some of us, the problem is we don't want to give up being who we are, like we are right now. We don't want to give up being like we are. We're willing to take on some of the better qualities of God to get the goods of God. But we don't think there's anything wrong with us. See, everybody else needs to change. I'm good. But if he isn't looking at it and calling it good, then it's not. And those are the things you speak to and say, nothing's going to, no man will eat from this part of me ever again. This has to go. This attitude that I get, my impatience with this, or my mockery of this, or my whatever it is, always speaking of myself in the midst of somebody else's crisis. If no man eats from that, I will not try to feed another soul this evil for me or this disobedience for me. So a readiness of mind, a, a, a willingness of mind is, is a part of what we're looking at. And I, I'm just, I'm going to not go further than that. I can't. I can't. We have to stay with that one. Have a readiness of mind. And I'm going to read something to you from 2 Corinthians uh, verse chapter 8. They're talking about, he was talking about the Macedonians and, and all that. But uh, this goes with it. Verse 10, or verse 9, he says, Did you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich? He took on, doesn't mean Jesus was poor. It means he took on, he walked in the, 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 the things that, that, that plagued us. He walked, he took it on so that it could be defeated. He didn't take it on for it to defeat him. 
you take it on. See, take on. This is something that people that fight, they say, I can take them. Anybody ever hear that expression? They look at an enemy. They assess them. They're looking at what they brought to the fight. And then they say, I can take them, right? When Jesus looked at poverty, he said, I can take it. I can take this. I'll give you here. Hold my coat. Take the riches. I got this. That's what he said. That's it. That's it. When this poor little pitiful, poverty-stricken, he had a treasure. What poor person do you know that needs a treasure? To treasure what? He never operated with a scarcity mentality. There's this little kid here with this fish and bread. Oh, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do then. He never said that. There was never a challenge that came to him that he did not listen. I mean, he was, he was prepared for. He knew what the father wanted to do, and that's what he went to do. I did not come to this island in Mark 5 where this man is walking in madness, to be defeated. I came to free him. And so that's what he did. So here in, in 2 Corinthians, I got uh, three minutes. He said, you know him. His, his poverty, you became rich. You can be. And herein I give advice. that this is expedient for you who have been begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. What he was talking about here is giving. But I'm going to say this in terms of every, uh, he said a year ago. And um, what you started a year ago, don't faint at the halfway mark. Now is your time to press. This is what we're going to look at. He said, uh, verse 11 says, Now therefore perform the doing that as a readiness to will. So there's also a performance out of that which you have. What he said is that you've got a readiness of mind. You have a readiness of will. In you, it's, this is what you came to do. And I'm saying to you, don't let anything stop you from doing it. This is what he's saying in, in a nutshell. We'll break this open and do a lot more with it next week. Uh, but what I want you to have in, in terms of just this is that check your attitude about the things that, uh, uh, that you think that you're obeying God in. Check where you're coming from in it, because every place where you've got an excuse or you're still looking for a loophole, but what about this or in this situation? And what about when somebody does thus and so? What does what somebody else do or say or think have to do with you when you are determined to do something? Now you think about it. Think about the difference between being halted by the words of a friend or a relative or, or whatever it is. When you're halted by their words, it's only time they can stop you is when you're not committed. Okay? I look at my sister over here and how gorgeous she is. When you decided that you were going to do something to change the way you, your, 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 uh, your body, and I know you work in one of those places where they got stuff all the time. Did what other people did, said, ate, whatever brought in, did it, when you decided what you were going to do, did, could they stop you? Say it out loud. No, they couldn't stop you. See how, no. It's not even a no, no, no. Because when it's decided, 
It's decided. There's a lot of areas of indecision in our lives. Stay tuned for the second half of Biblical Solutions for Life. We'll be able to hear more about it. I want to thank those of you that joined us online. You can continue to give the trading floors and the offerings and the altars are open. Uh, go to www.astoundinglove.org. You can press the donate button and be a part of the giving. We'll be blessing and speaking over all of these wonderful, bounteous, abundant harvests later on today. And um, remember, we're at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. San Jose, uh, yeah, California, 95131. Our uh, phone number is 408-945-4439. I want to thank you so much for attending. I left you on a cliffhanger. But remember, you're going to go after the attitude of your mind and see what you're willing to do and what you haven't been, because it's time to get willing. So we thank you so much. Stay tuned. In 15 minutes, we'll be back for a Biblical Solutions for Life session two with our own apostle, Dr. Baker. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee, and I'm thanking you so much for joining us. Everybody say bye. See you in, the, see you in 15 minutes. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.